French Exit is one of those prospective Oscar contenders that didn't work out, as we shall see, with, with very good reason. It's the new film uh, from Azazel Jacobs, who's the director of Terry and the Lovers, but it's primarily interesting, I think, for, for the following two reasons. The first is that it's written by Patrick DeWitt, and it's an adaptation of one of his novels, and that gives it something in common with The Sisters Brothers, the Jacques Odiar Western from 2018, with, um, you remember, John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Um, a really great film. Um, the second thing that's very interesting about it is it provides a serious, substantial lead role for Michelle Pfeiffer. And she hasn't had one of those in at least 10 years. I mean, arguably, you could say personal effects or a Cherie in 2009. If you're being strict, you might have to go all the way back to what lies beneath. And I mean, that's a crazy function of industry, ageism and sexism. You know, she's she's 63 years old and films with leading roles for women over 40 very, very rarely get made. So I can see why she was attracted to this. You know, the, the, the premise itself is, is, is inherently appealing. She plays Francis, this aging New York socialite who lives with our uh, large adult son, Malcolm, who's played by Lucas Hedges. And together, the, the two of them have been having a final time living on this substantial nest egg left to them by Francis's late husband. Uh, but the nest egg has just run out. So she has to work out what they're going to do and where they're going to go. And the solution that she comes up with is to sell everything she owns and relocate with Malcolm to Paris, where they'll both live on the proceeds of the sale in a friend's apartment. Now, there's no question that Malcolm is coming with her, even though he's already engaged to be married to Imogen Poots, who's living in New York. He has to come with mum to Paris. Um, the relationship between the two is very close, but it's also not without its tensions, as this clip ably illustrates. What happened when you saw me? <sighs> I've never been so hurt by something in my life as when I saw your face for the first time. Why? Because you were your father. Because you were me. Because you were all three of us. So ruinous. So the story of this indefinite trip to Paris takes the form of uh, a character study that kind of spreads out like ripples from a droplet. So you have the intense mother-son relationship at the heart, and that's where the film begins. And then as they spend more time in Paris, uh, these various eccentric side characters are drawn into this weird a private family world that the, the two of them create. So you have Valerie Mahaffey who plays uh, Madame Reynard, this lonely widow who once knew Francis and admired him from her from afar on the Manhattan social circuit in, in the olden days. And uh, Daniel MacDonald plays uh, Madeline, who's this fortune teller with whom Malcolm makes what you could describe as a carnal connection on the voyage over. And she has psychic powers that become instrumental in searching for Francis's pet cat, little Frank, when he when he runs off. So look, it's the kind Robin, of premise. Sorry to interrupt, but what a sentence. That was an absolute belter. Has psychic powers that will prove instrumental in talking to their dead cat husband, little Frank. Yes, well, look, I'm not sure how much to say about the dead cat husband thing. I mean, because it's, is it, is it, does it count as a plot twist? It's certainly weird the way in which it's presented. But look, 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 so we'll come back to the dead cat husband psychic stuff in yeah, a second. Yeah, I apologise. The, the, the issue with the, the, the premise is that this is the, on, this is the kind of film that only works if everyone involved isn't wildly irritating. And unfortunately, that's very much 
not the case in in, in French exit. I, I would say, you know, to start with Michel Pfeiffer, it, it's it's a role of substance. It's certainly big, but it doesn't really contain any recognisable human emotion. I mean, this, the performance is sort of camp to the point of drag queenliness and beyond. There's loads of eye rolling, loads of lip curling, sentences attenuated to kind of Kenneth Williams levels of... And there's nothing kind of... To me, there's no sort of recognisable human interactions going on here. It's all camp. It's all overplayed. It's all extremely arch. And then Malcolm, on the other hand, uh, Lucas Hedges' character, is the wettest of wet blankets. I mean, an inherently annoying person. Even the way this man wears a shirt started to annoy me by the end of the film. He wears it buttoned up under a charcoal jacket with no tie. And the script eventually provides a rationale for this. And it's kind of clever. And you go, oh, okay, but it doesn't stop it being intensely uh, annoying. Um, so look, we should talk a little bit about the, the, the lost cat drama um, because there is a supernatural dimension to this cat. The cat comes across on the boat with them and then it, it runs off in Paris. The film treats the supernatural occurrences very matter-of-factly. Now, in the novel, which I should stress I have not read, I can imagine this would feel very playful and very provocative and Ooh, what's going on here? But it's the kind of thing that when it's dramatised on screen, it feels as if the viewer is being taken for an idiot. I mean, there's an element of just, oh, come off it when this starts going on. And I think in The Sisters Brothers, when you, when you look at the way that DeWitt adapted that novel, um, it actually managed to integrate those strange, quirky happenings into the, into the texture of the film very successfully. You know, you went with it. This, to me, is quirk for quirk's sake. I mean, it quirked me up and down and every which way until I could be quirked no more. I think a really interesting point of comparison with it is the Royal Tenenbaums, you know, because you have this dusty old idiosyncratic Manhattan family. They seem to create their own self-contained world into which various people are are drawn in, uh, sometimes against their will. They have these peculiar obsessions, these rituals. But the gulf between the way that Wes Anderson handles irony uh, and, and, you know, manages to extract great emotional effect out of irony, and this film, where the irony kills the emotion stone dead, is, is to me, it's wider than Central Park itself. You know, I would say French Exit puts the p in Pfeiffer. And oh. that's a great p itty. Oh, sir. Bravo. Bravo. Uh, no, that was obviously brilliant. Um, I actually wrote down in my notebook as I was watching French Exit the words, this is like Wes Anderson, but without the style or the humour. And I reread it back and went, that is so blunt and rude, but I actually kind of have to stand by it. It's one of those... I totally echo what you're saying. It's a arch, cheeky, haughty movie with an abundance of this loud, present oboe in the score. And it just, it's, it's a movie about this odd, difficult woman. And she's very proud of saying that. And she owns it. And I love that. But the movie is that. The movie is odd and difficult. And I wasn't charmed by it. But I got the impression that it really expected you to be charmed by this group of disparate one-note odd characters, this crowded flat of eccentrics where they discuss their own levels of luck and you struggle to find yourself even slightly caring. I I think Michelle Pfeiffer, like you say, is, is exceptional and I totally understand why she said yes and bit her agent's ear off to say, yes, I want to do this, or rather her hand off. I just don't... The movie does not come together and I and to be blunt again, I just didn't find myself liking it at all. We were on the same page on that one, I think. 
That said, I love Imogen Poots, and she needs to be in uh, more films. But I read what this great... a thankless role for her. I mean, my oh. goodness, she just has to be the drippy girlfriend in, in, or the drippy fiancé in New York. And then, of course, she ends up living in this flat with him eventually. She's one of the, 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 the bunch of waifs and strays that this, uh, the, the, the two of them draw in around them. And it's the opposite. You know those films where, where a character turns up, the, the ensemble pieces where a character will turn up and you go, oh, great, it's this person again. Hooray. I can't wait to experience what unique colour and texture they bring to the story. This is the opposite of that. It's, it's oh, just, another oh, one. No, oh, not them. Oh, uh, uh. And the luck well, scene is something else. It is When the camera something. just moves around the room and some, one person says, oh, yes, I'm, I'm very lucky, actually. Oh, I'm not lucky at all. Well, I'm quite lucky. Who cares? You're a lot luckier than I am having to sit watching this drivel. <laughs> I do think, like, you know, you compare it to Royal Tenenbaums. If each person playing this eccentric character was, you know, an incredible actor or, a, you know, a series of well-known faces who you already have affection for, it might be different. But you don't have that and the movie struggles with it. I want to quote something a colleague of ours, Danny Lee, uh, of the Financial Times said about this movie, which really stuck with me, which is, it's not a bad party to get stuck at, but one with only one guest worth talking to. And I just really liked that idea because it is the Michelle Pfeiffer show. And um, I'm not sure that's quite enough in this film. Otherwise, she's going to be, I mean, what she's fourth fiddle in the Ant-Man films, which is a really weird thing to say about Michelle Pfeiffer. But here we are. It's so depressing. And, you know, it's the kind of role you want to work for her because it's been so long since she's had uh, a piece of writing like this to, to tackle, you know, something of substance and something of, of, of where, where she is absolutely dead centre of the film. And it's big, but it's not good. 